0: the way the world's set up isn't quite optimized for actually how our bodies and our lives are are set up and there's a little bit of a of a difference between you know what's what's set up for a world where it's more economics and growth and money and our body kind of needs a different kind of nourishment
1: Hello and welcome fellow human, my name is Zachary Stockhill and you are listening to Humans in Love, a podcast that looks at culture, relationships and personal development from unconventional perspectives. Join me as I dig into the question of how people like you and I might get more out of life and love. Thanks for being here. Hello friends, welcome to another episode of Humans in Love. Good to be speaking to you today. Speaking to you from a hotel room in Saigon, otherwise known as Ho Chi Minh City, here in Vietnam, it's always good to be back in Vietnam, eating all kinds of really good noodle soup and street food, and soaking in a bit of the local history. I visited the uh, what's called the War Remnants Museum here in the city yesterday, and it was quite a moving and uh, sobering experience. Obviously, it's focused on the Vietnam War, uh, or in Vietnam, as it's known, uh, the War for Independence, or the American War, actually. And um, yeah, maybe I'll, maybe I'll talk a little bit more about that some other time, but suffice it to say, if you have any interest in uh, history, I would highly recommend you dig a little deeper into the war in Vietnam. It's an absolutely fascinating topic. It's really a topic that got me interested in exploring Asia and Asian history like 25 years ago, something like that, when I was a kid. And uh, Ken Burns uh, produced a wonderful documentary series. Very, very, very good. I would say it's among his best work. It's called The Vietnam War, and it was originally broadcast on PBS in America, but now you can find it on Netflix. Highly, highly, highly recommended viewing. Quick note before we get started that I've been reading some really lovely reviews of the podcast lately, and they always put a smile on my face. So if you dig Humans in Love, please be sure to take 30 seconds out of your day and leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or your podcast app of choice. My guest today is Kyle Gray. Kyle is an old friend of mine. We met here, or sorry, not here. We met in, uh, in Chiang Mai, Thailand probably about five years ago uh, and immediately hit it off. Uh, Kyle's an entrepreneur, he's a business consultant. He has, I think at least one, maybe two Amazon bestsellers. Uh, One's called The Story Engine, the other one's called Selling with Story. Basically helps people, uh, primarily entrepreneurs, learn how to tell more compelling stories about their business and who they are and what they want to help their clients achieve. He's very, very good at it. He's a, a fine storyteller himself. He hosts an excellent podcast called The Story Engine, which I highly recommend checking out. But today, we focus mainly on understanding and overcoming anxiety. As I mentioned during the show, anxiety is something that uh, I've been wanting to learn more about lately. Uh, I don't think I've suffered from it to the extent that people like Kyle have. So I wanted to talk to Kyle to sort of understand his story a little better, understand the strategies he's using and he used in the past to start, you know, making progress with dealing with anxiety and what the actual experience of anxiety is like, because it's so different for, for different people. And uh, I really learned a lot in today's episode. I think if you have any uh, experience whatsoever in dealing with any kind of anxiety, I think you'll get a lot out of this episode. Kyle raises some really thought-provoking points about the crucial importance of diet and exercise and how different diets work for different people and other strategies for healing. So I think you'll really enjoy today's episode. I hope you stick around for it. Without any further ado, here's my guest, Mr. Kyle Gray. Well, just to get the ball rolling, Kyle, thank you for coming on my podcast. It's nice to see your face and to chat with you again. It's been a long time since our Chiang Mai glory days.
0: Oh, but I miss those days. Yeah. Uh, we had a lot of fun and it is so good to be talking to you again because um, I feel like uh, we there's a lot of similarities in our philosophies and our values and I've always enjoyed conversations with you, Zachary.
1: Yeah, likewise, man. For sure. Yeah, and that's that's kind of you to say. As as I was telling you before we started uh, recording, I think the main reason I wanted to talk to you today um, is because I've had some people in my life recently talk to me about anxiety or to just tell me that they were struggling with anxiety. And it seems to be a very, a topic that's in the news a lot these days, uh, a topic that more people are talking about. And it's a topic, frankly, that I want to understand better. So... Yeah, just just uh, take this however you want, but I'd be really curious to to know about your experience with dealing with anxiety, and uh, yeah, and what is it actually yeah. like? Like, what what are the symptoms? Like, what what was it like? Well, I think yeah, one of the best ways
0: to describe this and to uh, and to uh, show you how multifaceted it can be is actually to talk about our times in Chiang Mai, Great. Um, because that happened to be uh, despite the lovely Thailand and the lovely moments. Um, there were some high anxiety moments for me there. So <clears throat> um, I moved out to uh, Chiang Mai in the end of 2014. And um, at the time, I had just started working for a startup. Um, a little bit like in the years preceding this, um, some strange things had been happening to me. Um, I'd been grinding my teeth a lot. Um, at night, which caused like these headaches. Um, and uh, yeah, like my jaw would start to pop weird little things. Um, I, I was a big rock climber and hiker. But at that time, I couldn't hike a more than a, a quarter mile without some serious knee pain. And, um, <clears throat> and uh, yeah, I had this kind of uh, low grade anxiety for, um, or maybe medium to high grade anxiety for just kind of perpetually. And, um, Can I just pause you you right there?
1: Because people use this word a lot and I, I genuinely want to know more. Like, what is it like? So you mentioned the grinding the teeth, but how else would this anxiety manifest itself? Like, how did, how did you feel? So, I didn't make connect the dots between
0: grinding the teeth or, um, the physical pain I was experiencing, but basically I would come home at night. Um, and I would just think, well, you're not a very good entrepreneur. You're not doing enough. You're not working hard enough. This isn't going to work. You know, just these little ruminating negative thoughts that, um, would, would put myself down and, and, uh, and kind of, yeah, just saying all of the things, you know, that if you said to somebody else um, out loud, you know, you would, you would get in a fight or most people wouldn't stand for being talked to like that. Or at least, um, what's happening is there's a feeling and it's actually like a feeling in my stomach, like an uneasy, I don't know, feeling in the stomach. And then your brain, because your brain is just like, well, there's an uncomfortable feeling. So I'm going to make sure that, like, your brain will just tell the story of whatever that is. So for me, as somebody who wanted to break into entrepreneurship, grow my own business, travel, all those nice things, um, the thoughts that uh, were coming to my mind were were kind of like that. So um, moving forward, I'm in Chiang Mai, and uh, I've I've taken on something that is extremely challenging. Um, I just moved to a new country. I've lived in foreign countries before, um, but there's still like, you know, it's always, that's always an experience. Um, I had just started working for the startup and um, I was working remotely and uh, I was learning a brand new skill set within that company. So I was in a new company, learning how to communicate remotely and then like mastering my actual job while being in another country, which was all. Pretty challenging stuff um, added up, and I would find myself kind of slipping into these strange mind states. Um, you know, just just getting totally like I remember um, if I if I was producing a lot of content and writing a lot of articles to tell the story of this startup. But if I was a little bit behind on something or if I had made a mistake or, you know, I was terrified um, just if if any of you listeners out there use Slack, the little click, click, click that happens when you hear a message that actually like made my heart rate go up. I was I was afraid of hearing the click, click, click of Slack. And so all of this was happening and I would just like fall into these kind of states of despair. And I didn't, I didn't really understand why I was trying to work on my mindset. Um, When I was in Chiang Mai, I started meditating every day um, to try and to try and change these things. Um, And so, uh, yeah, there was like, I was having a great time um, over there and you know, I had a lot of conversations with people about just like feeling, you know, the way I was describing. But uh, yeah, it was hard for a lot of people to understand or um, or resonate with. And and uh, I couldn't, yeah, I didn't fully understand or I thought, again, I just like hadn't read a, a Tony Robbins books or something to like, carry about <laughs> my day um, with any, you know, with any problems or something. So uh, we'll fast forward a couple of years. Um, I returned back to the United States, um, was working for several different companies uh, about two years later. And I guess about two years ago, at the same time, um, I'd been working for a company that teaches people uh, how to give a great talk from a stage and how to get on the stage. And I was at one of these workshops and it just so happened to be filled with uh, health and wellness practitioners. Um, and I sat across this table from this one woman named, uh, Dr. Grace Liu. Can I, I'm going to pause you one more time.
1: So we, we talked a little bit about this just in our, in our private conversations, but I mean, over the course of the, the years of returning to America and, you know, leaving Chiang Mai and switching jobs and stuff like, was anxiety still a problem for you on a regular basis? Oh yeah, it was still, it was
0: still persisting from our, like currently right now or, uh, just as the story progresses, I mean, it was still it was still happening. As I returned, I found out I had a thyroid issue. Um, <clears throat> later on, it uh, through about two years of like learning about this and kind of delving into this area, turned out I had an autoimmune disease called Hashimoto's, which um, has I I think has various. Um, like physical and somewhat metaphysical roots, um, which i'll I'll uh, break down um, in a little while, but this was the source of a lot of my anxiety. Um, it was creating a lot of this anxiety. It was creating a lot of fatigue. I have lower energy. Um uh, my body was just basically attacking itself, and um, it was attacking itself so it didn't give it a chance to heal or regenerate or recuperate which is why some of this joint issue stuff was happening. And, uh, and finally, like all of the pieces, just getting diagnosed was actually amazing news because uh, it went from, I have no idea what's going on, I'm crazy, to, oh, there's a single source you know, for this. Um, <clears throat> so anyway, uh, this is when, after, after kind of two more years of figuring that out, this is when I came across this. Uh, doctor who was working helping people uh, overcome chronic autoimmune conditions uh, through gut health, and instantly I understood a lot about her because I had been experiencing a lot of the pain that uh, she helps with, and so I was like, "Wow, so your your customers must think like this, talk like this, they try and do this, but that happens." Basically describing my own life, and she was like, "You need to come work for me." Um, So we worked out an arrangement where I was helping her with her storytelling, putting together great sales pages, presenting, um, and, and promoting her programs, um, which I was really good at helping her put these things. She was, she's just absolutely brilliant, but has a difficult time putting her brilliance into plain language. And on the other end of that, um, she was helping me with, uh, with my, my health issues. And uh, within a couple of months, a majority of the anxiety um, that had been plaguing me that I thought was just mindset issues had faded away.
1: Hmm.
0: And um, this is something that, uh, you know, I didn't, I didn't for a long time connect anything like with diet or health and my anxiety levels. I thought it was totally just a, a mental, mental problem and a mental game. And as soon as I got, um, you know, the first took the first steps to handling some of those issues, the anxiety melted away. And there just wasn't, um, what was amazing when I was feeling that feeling in my stomach that I was describing earlier, that uneasiness, that was my body telling me, Hey, there's like, you know, you're under attack. This is, this is like, you know, I'm not healthy. I don't feel good, but you know, my brain, I didn't understand that at the time. And so it and so nowadays when I feel anxiety in these ways, I can think to myself, I don't think, oh, you're a bad entrepreneur. Or at least I try not to. It's hard to it's hard to always be kind and smarter than your your feelings. But uh um nowadays I'm like, well, this is just, you know, I'm not I'm not all the way there. My gut's feeling a little weird, but I don't have to like attack myself because of it, because I feel anxiety. I see. And, and um, <clears throat> so that's, that's one element to kind of the roots of anxiety um, that I've discovered is very much health based. And I think just a lot of what we, we do these days, um, and how we live, and how we eat, and um, just the products that we use in our daily life and our, our habits though, um, I love modern technology and modernity. I love being able to Skype with you and I love being able to go down the street and, you know, get a, whatever, a chicken sandwich or whatever, super easy. But, um, but, uh, it's not quite the way the world's set up. Isn't quite optimized for actually how our bodies and our lives are, are set up. And there's a little bit of a, of a difference, um, between, you know, what's, what's set up for a world where you know it's more economics and growth and money and our body kind of needs a different kind of nourishment. And so mastering can really difference in your, um, in your levels of anxiety and, and how clear your mind is and how productive you are. Um, and then the other element to this, that uh, one of the reasons I think I, I had this autoimmune condition Is um, and this is surprising as somebody who literally, like, professionally helps people write great talks, um, webinars, presentations, and market themselves. I actually uh, discovered also in this time that I had a really difficult time fully expressing my authentic voice Hmm. Um, and just who I am, speaking my truth, either confronting people, saying, "Hey, this is my needs. This is who I am. This is what I think." A lot of time I've I, I spent a lot of my my youth and growing up kind of not exactly feeling safe to express myself and express all these ideas kind of unfiltered and, and um, yeah, authentically. And I think it's no coincidence that uh, the thyroid happens to be in your throat and that um, I was blocking a lot of my, my speaking and my story and who I am. Which has been another thing that I've been working on over the last two years or so is um, is is working on being able to um, really first understand my truth, because I think we spend so much time um, growing up, you know, trying to understand ourselves, but also trying to fit in a world where there's a bunch of different expectations, and I think many of us have a difficult time uh, separating what who we are and what the world expects of us which is one of the reasons i love traveling so much because it totally puts you in a new mold and you get to see where the boundaries of you are and aren't um but so i was i was learning that and learning to see okay this is what i really want this is me then learning to have the courage to say that and share that in terms of uh when i'm working with clients or when i'm working in my in my job and i need something from my team or my boss or in relationships when maybe I'm not comfortable with what, what's something that's happening or I want something to change and just being able to, um, honestly and, and, uh, put it out there. Um, also online and sharing who I am, uh, again, with some of these mindset things, um, I, I run into a lot of common traps like, Oh, well, you don't have anything like, you know, you've, you've got some good skills, but, you're not that innovative or not that different. So, you know, you don't you don't have something super unique to add. And so I would, you know, just not not spend as much time getting out there and creating and, and putting myself forward for those things. And I really believe though I've done a lot physically to improve my health over the last couple of years. Um working on this mindset and being able to really fully embody who I am and then share that, um, uh, completely, I think is the avenue to, um, for, for full healing of this.
1: Yeah. I want to come, come back to that, but I want to go back to, you know, a little bit earlier, uh, two or three years ago when you started working with this doctor, I'm curious to know what exactly you were doing that really made the difference in terms of your anxiety starting to lessen. Was it simply things like Taking probiotics or changing your diet or anything mm-hmm. like that, because just personally, I mean, I don't think I, I've struggled with anxiety to the extent that you did. But you know, mm-hmm. I I've been traveling a lot lately, and it's you know, as you know, in Asia, it's a wonderful place with all kinds of you know rice and noodles and bread, and I, I love all that stuff. Um, but personally, just when I stick to a very low carb sort of paleo esque diet, not drinking very much alcohol, not eating very much uh, sugar at all, pretty much zero sugar, just everything feels better for me. I'm, my energy level is more consistent. I can think more clearly. Um, I can handle just about anything life throws at me a lot easier. So as you're speaking, you know, I, I think at least in my own life, that's kind of what I figured that works for me. However, I'm, I'm well aware that that might not work for everyone, certainly. So what what's practically and specifically were you doing that really started to make the difference with your anxiety?
0: Yeah, um, you're definitely one step ahead of me on that. Um, as far as like personal changes that I made, um, as soon as I discovered I had Hashimoto's, I immediately switched to a gluten-free diet, which uh, at first is not the most fun or the easiest. I, I must admit, I miss drinking a beer every once in a while. Thank goodness there's, uh, I don't know if you've been over, over in the West these days, but they've come out with this new beverage called White Claw or they have a bunch of different uh, alternatives but it's just hard sparkling hard or water huh. um, and people are going crazy over them here. they're super duper popular but anyway so that's a nice alternative to to a beer but uh um yeah i cut out i cut out gluten um i've tried to dramatically reduce the amount of uh sugar that i i take I cut out dairy but I I still every once in a while like I cheat a little bit on sugar and dairy and then there were there were other things um you know as far as like what I restrict um I've I've also tried to avoid uh, soy which would be very difficult in in Asia but um and some of these are just based on kind of my my body composition and what was happening immediately to me but I think for the most part um it's a pretty safe bet that gluten dairy and, um, at least cow dairy. Um, so I cut all of those out. I also, um, yeah, as, as you saw, um, some of the things I did that were really interesting and really powerful was, uh, we got, I got a lot of different blood tests. So I started to be able to see, okay, you know, my, my, uh, I'm low in vitamin D or vitamin D or these hormones are, you know, overworking and these ones are underworking. And I started to get a little bit of clarity, clarity on kind of the subtle things happening in my body. Um, and then we went on to uh, probiotics and other supplements. Once we understood, kind of got a layout of like, this is what's happening. So we can take probiotics and supplements to, uh, to aid and, and work. But I think, yeah, some of the diet changes and then uh, starting to uh, change the composition of, of bacteria and little microbes Happening in my body and in my system uh yeah it was it was a huge huge change just being able to again we we found some of the vitamin deficiencies in my body started supplementing those and then my body was able to like take care of itself and balance itself out a little bit better again and um and yeah again within one month it was like uh, three months was just the hugest most night and day difference in my in my life. And it's absolutely like, at first it was kind of a pain. I had to clean out my pantry and had to change my habits. And, you know, I couldn't go to some of my favorite places to eat anymore, but it's been a night and day difference. And I I wouldn't trade, you know, a slice of pizza for, uh, for how I feel ever.
1: Yeah. What about other than diet? Are there any, I mean, I know you're really big into rock climbing and I see you on Instagram hiking to all these places and you're a very physically active guy. But are there mm-hmm. any practices along those lines or anything else you do on a regular basis to kind of keep, your, keep those demons at bay, so to speak? Um, I, I'm pretty particular about sleep these days. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, I'm, I'm pretty much a grandpa. I like to go, I like to be in bed by 9.30 and I typically wake up around 6 a.m most days. Um, but I like to try and, and get a lot of sleep in. And I think that makes a big difference. Doing some of these dietary things will help with the quality of your sleep as well. Um, maybe surprisingly or unsurprisingly. And also, uh, I've been doing again, just diff- different mindfulness practices. Um, one of the things I really, really enjoy these days, which, uh, if I'm feeling anxious, if I'm feeling crazy is uh, Wim Hof breathing, um, where I'm not sure if you're familiar with the practice, but, uh, basically you get a lot of oxygen into your system and it just, it can create these somewhat, uh, like it feels psychedelic in it's in its own right. Um, and within 15 minutes you can go from not feeling very energetic to like at least having enough energy to be like, I can carry on or from feeling pretty stressed to, um, like, okay, I can handle it. Um, and within 15 minutes of this breath work, you can, you can totally alter your, your state of mind and, and how you feel. And so that's been really good for just um, some uh, immediate or short-term kind of transformation. Another thing I've been reading, um, which I think is, has, has been good and helpful, is a book called Self-Compassion where uh and one of my favorite tips from this book uh, which will be good for the the whole audience is uh just imagine like a friend of yours who's known you your whole life who understands all of your strengths and weaknesses and all of the victories and tragedies that has happened to make you who you are and bring you to this point. And uh this person is, you know, totally understands you and and feels for you and uh if this like imagine what this person would say when you're feeling down and usually it's you know you've got to you've got to be compassionate to yourself and and it even like it feels awkward like repeating what i would say in these situations cuz again our society isn't really set up uh, it's like a little bit taboo to try and take care of yourself but if you imagine this person speaking and being like hey Kyle you know i know that it feels hard right now i know that this and that is scary but you're awesome, man. You've done a lot of these things. You've, you've come through similar things before you've done all this and you are amazing and strong and just kind of like listening to yourself and, and kind of giving yourself the advice and support that a lot of us so desperately are, are looking for. And, uh, that's, that's been a really, a really big help for me in the last couple of weeks as I've been reading through this. And, and of course just, being an entrepreneur and, and growing your own business and doing all of these things, certainly, um, you know, anxiety and challenges and uncertainty are going to crop up uh, if, you're, if you're moving forward and, and advancing yourself. So you've got to have uh, active self care practices um, to be able to get through those, in my opinion.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, well, as long as as we're talking about mental health, I feel like every time I'm talking to someone based in the US, I ask this question. So uh, forgive me if anyone listening has heard me ask this before, but, and and I don't, we don't have to talk politics at all, but you know, just the news. This is something I've struggled with in my life, especially when I was living in North America, where, I mean, I was a complete news junkie, you know, following politics all the time, watching and consuming way too much news. And frankly, I think whether you're on the left or the right, so much of the news is pretty depressing and dark and not particularly uplifting these days. And I found at certain points in my life, you know, my love of politics and even my love of history at certain moments wasn't exactly serving me that that well. So just as, as someone who's lived abroad and has experienced different lifestyles and all the rest, um, I mean, what is it like to live in quote-unquote Trump's America these days just in terms of the news cycle and what are your thoughts on tuning that stuff out or Paying attention when it's necessary or I mean, how are you kind of dealing with that?
0: I, I Minimize the amount of news that I take in I pretty much um, i watch maybe like 20 minutes of it a day, but that's probably still too much I think um, the current the, the way the news is distributed over TV TV is kind of a, a dying uh, industry and uh, everybody on TV news, um, it's like not a good format to explain complex ideas like uh, what's happening in the United States or the divisiveness or climate change or immigration or whatever whatever these things may be. Most of the time it's like you, you, know, you bring on an expert and they get 45 seconds uh, to say their piece while the announcer is berating them you know at the same time and uh, that's just not a good format to explain these really nuanced ideas um, and I think also when we go on to online news um, a lot of people aren't setting setting up articles and information to tell the truth they're setting it up to get clicks which means the way that your headlines are written um, aren't going to be truthful or uh, they're, they're going to be directly targeting your emotions any anything you see on TV any any news article you see in your Facebook feed or whatever, um, if it makes you feel emotional at all, then that's by design. Somebody like me, some asshole like me, is thinking about, how can I get more clicks on this? And if I say, you know, I could say, uh, you know, it was a normal day in Wisconsin and it rained a little bit, or I can say, you know, is this rain because of Trump? And then everybody's like, wow, and you know, you get people in. And, and so, um, and, and on top of that, like, uh, I think news is one avenue of this, but things, you know, just all kinds of TV shows that are just meant to kind of keep you engaged like that, or being on your phone, scrolling through your social media or being on video games or whatever the case may be. It's just meant to like hook you in, keep you passive, keep you consuming. But, um, a, a lot of these things are set up to make us feel anxious and weird too. And so what, what I think, um, as far as, as far as that, I, 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 try to be skeptical and to minimize a lot of those things in my life. And at the same time, um, as far as kind of like the mental health and the psychological effects of it, um, I, I try and, uh, you know, just remember, uh, like, and I think this is something that we we desperately need across the world right now. Because um, I think what's happening in the United States, though, very uh, very um, <clears throat> loud and obvious, is not necessarily unique um, in the world. I see this kind of stuff happening all the time. But just remembering that uh, we're you know we're all more similar than we are different as humans, and I think most people basically want the same thing they want to you know live a live a somewhat decent life with maybe you know it, it would be sweet if you could have a little bit extra money than what you need to cover the the wage and you know have have somebody to love and maybe have kids or something uh if you want but uh it's like pretty basic stuff and just uh just making sure that you can uh, lean into that and remember that we're all we're all humans here um is is uh is a big thing for me in this time where it's so easy to just write write off oh well this person is a you know just a trump idiot douchebag or that person some you know liberal uh snowflake jerk or whatever um yeah it's just it's not it's not helpful to be so adversarial anymore
1: yeah, absolutely. I don't know about you, but I've, I've noticed a direct correlation between my my mental health and my time spent looking at my Twitter timeline. I've basically cut that down to maybe five minutes a day, like maybe five minutes a day. And, and same with the political stuff. I just, I just don't invest the time anymore. And I, I love this line. Uh, I believe it's Jack Kornfield, the Buddhist teacher. He says, tend to the part of the garden that you can touch. In other oh, yeah. words, you know, don't you don't have to take on the world's problems and you can stay engaged and stay involved and make whatever dent in the universe you want to make, but actually do something, like actually get your hands dirty. You know, ranting on Facebook is not going to help anyone. In fact, it's probably going to make people's lives worse in, in many ways. So, yeah, I just, mm-hmm. I try to remember that line, like, tend to the part of the garden you can touch. Every time you're feeling energized or animated about a certain news story or, you know, anything in the news or politics or whatever actually channel that energy into something productive and there's Mm -hmm. ways to do it you know it doesn't have to be this abstract thing there's concrete ways you can you can do that um switching focus a little bit another thing i want to talk to you about is storytelling because i know that's one of your big interests a big part of your your brand and a lot of the work you do why is good storytelling so important for both businesses but i'm more interested in just for every you know every person, whether it's an employee or just a person in a relationship or just thinking about ourselves in terms of our stories? Why is uh, good storytelling important? And what makes a good story, do you think?
0: Yeah. So as far as business goes, or uh, we'll go from business down to personal, but why a business needs a good story um, is that stories are just the way we tell stories is an ancient and kind of well-worn mental path. It's like the Grand Canyon in our brains of how we process information where um, we've just evolved to be able to listen to stories, make sense of them, and remember them. And there's, there's certain uh, elements of that, that, are, that are just part of the business. Um, a lot of the times we're so immersed in our expertise um, and what we're doing and how we serve people that uh, we dump a whole bunch of information way more than an average story and it ends up confusing people and not not being sure where they fit or or why it's important to them. So a good story really helps you just like this is why I care. This is why I'm different. And this is what you're going to get if you work with me. So being able to show that to them in a way that's not just saying like, Hey, look at me. I'm so cool. But allowing them to kind of see themselves in the result in a way that's non-threatening and non-salesy and non-sleazy as far as personally um, a story within, you know, for yourself, for uh, explaining how you're operating or sharing with your team Um, this is also really powerful. You want to be able to make sense and say, Hey, we've got a purpose here. We're trying to help this kind of people and make this kind of impact in our, in our life. And so what that looks like is going to be a or B or, um, things like that. You want to get people enrolled in your vision and enrolled in what you're doing and really wanting to work alongside you and support that. It also creates meaning in your own life. If I'm just working to, Make enough money to uh, cover my credit card bill. I think in a certain way, but if I really want to make a serious impact, and you know, want to change the way that America perceives healthcare, or you know, change, you know, have a really big audacious vision for where I'm going with this, then uh, then I'm going to aim higher than just uh, I've got to cover the credit card bills. going to take bigger risks. I'm going to make bigger investments. I'm going to see a deeper meaning. Um, when I, when I get knocked down, um, in the inevitable challenges that will come with life, um, if I have a good story and a good meaning and a good purpose, then I can, uh, I can persevere just like, uh, you know, there's, um, I think the people who have done you know great and challenging things like a Nelson Mandela type comes to mind right now where you know he was in in prison for a long time and if he if his story was just like well i just got screwed by these jerks then uh it wouldn't have turned out so well but he had this bigger vision and this bigger purpose that kept him focused through all of those challenging years and you can create that same effect by really having a mission and a purpose and a storyline to uh, what's going on in your own life. And even even as we get on a deeper level, just understanding storytelling in terms of your own mind and the dialogue that's happening, um, understanding how your brain is creating stories and interpreting things and just being aware. Like I was saying earlier, when I felt the kind of the anxiety in my stomach earlier, I thought it was because I was a bad entrepreneur. But as I grew and developed, we we started to discover uh, it was gut dysbiosis, and so being able to change those stories on just a micro level um, can have huge impacts on on your quality of life.
1: And in your mind, uh, this might be a difficult question to answer generally, but what makes a good story? What are some elements of a good story? So there's there's a couple of key elements. Um, one of the
0: one of the first things, and this is this is kind of a, a businessy oriented uh, perspective on story. But we want to, uh, first of all, we want to explain uh, why we care in this story. Um, We want to be able to show why we care. We want to be able to put, um, another one is, it's the story, uh, even if if it's told, even if you're telling your story, the story is not about you. It's about your listener and their experience. As somebody listens to your story, they're going to be imagining themselves in your shoes and experiencing the world as the protagonist. Um, if if you're telling it from your case, or if you're like, "Well, I worked with this client and they did this," but what you want to be able to do is show them a path to to success and the result that they want. Um, and and instead of talking about, "Well, I'm awesome and I did all of these things," you're you're kind of telling a story about, "Well." You know, Phil wanted to uh Phil never thought he could change his diet. And so, you know, but with a couple of small tips, um, he was able to navigate this difficult and challenging world and find a better result for himself. <clears throat> and so by by sharing these kind of stories, um, they uh they become teaching instead of or they feel like teaching and people will lean into them. Instead of uh, like just being salesy and and offering like, hey, I'm so great, I can get these amazing things for you. Um, Another good element of a story, I think, is uh, is vulnerability. It's being able to show like, hey, you know, this person was feeling like this, or you know, being being authentic and showing, hey, I was I was going through this really hard time here, so that people can connect with you on a deeper level. People are listening to stories for, you know, to make sense of things and to get to know you. You want to teach about yourself in a way, again, that's not like inflating yourself, but showing um, your, your own unique perspectives and ideas um, within that and, and showing why you're motivated to help people in the way you are. You know, again, it's not, it's hopefully not just about being able to make a bunch of money in, in the short term, but you want to make an impact and leave a legacy. And so great stories can show you.
1: Absolutely. That's well put. Has any of what you've learned about storytelling and good storytelling uh and just the principles of empathy and vulnerability has that impacted your relationships in any way? Like do, do you take any of these lessons into your relationships?
0: Definitely. I think um I think I I experience a lot of a lot of these same things in relationships where uh Again, like one of the first things, uh, just like I, I do with my, um, going back to that, that feeling in my stomach of, is it I'm a bad entrepreneur or is it gut dysbiosis? Um, you know, on that same level, when, you, when you're in a relationship and somebody does something and you start like, you know, no matter how we, we, we all grew up and we all came away with some kind of scars and neuroses and, you know, weird stuff going on. And that stuff like resurfaces um, uh, throughout our lives, and so your partner could be doing something that uh, is totally innocuous, but it ends up like triggering you in in some kind of way. And so with storytelling, you can, um, and this is partially storytelling and partially um, if you're if you're noticing, you can be like, oh, like I'm telling this story, you know, this person. Uh, she said this to me, or made this like side comment that, uh, and and I'm interpreting it as an attack. And you can say, you know, the story I'm telling myself right now, what I'm seeing and what I'm looking at, and you can you can start to observe and be mindful of, of the dialogues that are happening, is looking like this. And just have that kind of conversation. Or um, also when you are, yeah, when you're telling your story and your own perspective and your point of view, being able to describe your feelings and and telling a story from from where you're coming from instead of saying like you make me feel like this or you know you did this and so that's that makes you bad. It's like this is my experience and this is how I saw this. And it's it's the same things. It's showing okay, this is why I care in this situation. You know, this is my my point of view and what I think's important. This is where I want to see us going. But uh but yeah, I think not as less less so as far as like terms of of specific tactical tactical structural of storytelling is not as important as i think the mindfulness and being aware of the interplay of your emotions and your thoughts and and um how those things are are coming together while interacting with with your partner um is is very valuable
1: yeah that's great it's like our inner storyteller can be full of shit sometimes right and it's good to keep an eye on him and make sure he's not oh, yeah. steering us down oh, around yeah. down the wrong path yeah
0: if you're not writing your story somebody else is writing it for you
1: right yeah that's well put coming back to something you said earlier that was interesting to me and i'd like to know more about when you were speaking about finding your voice so to speak more and getting more and more comfortable in your own skin and more and more comfortable putting yourself out there and being more vulnerable and you know sh- sharing your podcast and gaining more confidence. I mean, what helped you on that path? Was there any teacher or book, or or was it just a gradual process? Like, how, how do you think you you've become more comfortable doing that? I think in some ways,
0: I've I've become more comfortable with myself. Um, one of the things I've done is I've, I've stopped. Are I'm I still do this? I I must admit. Um, but, uh, like I've tried to reduce the amount I compare myself to others. I see other people, you know, maybe, um, and it's, this is such a common, uh, silly human thing, but like in a day I can go to the gym and like see somebody rock climbing way harder than me and be like, Oh, I'm not doing enough rock climbing. And then I hop on my social media and somebody, you know, this bigger, nicer business than me or You know, they have these, maybe I like walk down my streets these days and I see nice houses and I'm like, ah, you know, I want this. And there's all this self-comparison and starting to, to cut that down and to really just uh, love and acknowledge and admire who I am and what I, what I'm bringing um, has, has been a big one. And then starting to see like, really important to me and, and sharing um it's been a it's been a slow transition from uh, I when I started with the startup I was working for it was very much uh, like when I'm writing it's very much information here's steps one two three to improve your marketing and now I'm starting to share a little bit more of my emotions and my perspective and my ideas and and stuff from my own story I don't feel like I've fully achieved this there's actually this interesting conundrum that that i'm I'm working through right now um, because I feel like with my podcast and with my agency and with a lot of the work I'm doing, I do really well um, when i when I'm in a room full of people uh, a physical room full of people speaking from a stage or you know in in other cases a webinar um, but my digital presence hasn't been so good i don't I don't like going on Facebook very much or creating Instagram posts anymore. And I kind of, there's part of me that feels bad for it. Um, as a, as a marketer, I feel like I, I should have, you know, this big, uh, social media presence that I use to promote my, my blog and my books and my podcast and, and, uh, my services as well. Um, so I'm, I'm still trying to figure that one out and maybe it's a matter of, uh, hiring somebody that can manage those aspects of it and take what I'm already over a podcast and over, over, uh, my books and in my own thoughts and just repurposing it onto those. But, uh, but yeah, there's a lot of, there's, there's so many like cases I, I don't post on social media very much, but every once in a while I'll write a couple of paragraphs about, my perspective, or, you know, try to write something inspirational and helpful. And, and I still kind of have this voice in me that's like, "Ah, nobody, nobody cares, nobody wants to hear that, that, you know, people reach out after and are like, hey, that really made an impact. Thank you for, you know, sharing something that, you know, is the opposite of, of a, a lot of the news and negativity and kind of anxiety provoking things where I just try to create something a little bit valuable and sharing my own perspective. And, people are grateful for it. So it's a matter of changing my own story still about, you know, what I, what I feel I have to say and, and how that will be received. And then, yeah, investing the time into uh, really growing those, those presents on those platforms. But again, like, I don't know if I really want to do that because then that means I'm spending more time on these things. And uh, so, I haven't figured that one out yet, to be totally honest with you.
1: Neither have I. It's funny. I struggle with the exact same thing. Um, I have such an ambivalent relationship with uh, with social media just in general. I mean, on the one hand, I get how it can be insanely useful and help you build connections with people and, you know, be great for your business and all the rest. But I just, I don't know, I'm so leery of being just another douchebag on, <laughs> on Instagram posting about how great his life is or or coming across like I'm, you know, trying to be you know uh arrogant about my lifestyle or me or trying to sound like i've got it all figured out i don't want to be another one of those you know lifestyle look at me i've got it all figured out gurus the internet surely to god has enough of those people so it's mm-hmm. yeah if you figure it out mm-hmm. let me know <laughs> because i'm one of uh, the same thing
0: one of the things that just came to mind it's so strange these days because like 10 years ago This was pretty much before like iPhones were, were a thing. Um, I was traveling through, uh, Chile and Argentina and I had this tiny, you know, basically iPhone sized, uh, point and shoot camera. And back then I loved to take pictures. You know, I'd take pictures all the time. Didn't mind taking selfies with my friends. I'd take a lot of videos and I would splice together these little like kind of videos of whatever I was doing traveling. And I had a great time with it. Um, and, uh, And these days I'm like, because there's so much of that happening, um, I'd like feel guilty taking selfies or like, and, and maybe this is kind of, this could be the storytelling thing like this, this is probably my own, you know, mental blocks, but like, I just don't feel, I feel weird just like, yeah, trying to take the selfie there and not, not being right in this moment, um, because it's just such like a pervasive, uh, Crazy, crazy thing these days, and maybe, maybe we don't need. You know, maybe there's there's plenty of other ways to get attention than social media. But uh, but yeah, it's such a it's such a strange transformation. That's and
1: happening. you have to, I think, you know, if we're being honest with ourselves, well, I can't speak for you, but for me, like, you have to be honest with yourself. But okay, well, what is my real intention here? Do I want more likes just for the sake of having those likes and those little, you know, uh, hormone boosts or what do you call it? Mm-hmm. Um, the hormone the what am i thinking of dopamine dopamine, dopamine thank you a little bit dope, dopamine hit or or am i trying to mean make a you know do something really valuable and make meaningful connections social media man it's it's tricky the other thing too mm-hmm. about the selfies i i completely feel you i was thinking of this line there's a fantastic american writer slash SAS named Fran Lebowitz and she uh, she's famously old school you know she doesn't have the internet she doesn't have the computers doesn't have a smartphone and this uh, writer was asking well why don't you have a smartphone she's like well you have a smartphone everywhere I go everyone has a smartphone if I need any information from that thing or if I want my picture taken or if I want directions or if I want to order food (laughs) there's going to be someone in the room doing it and that's kind of Mm -hmm. the way I feel about selfies too like any situation I'm in where I could possibly take a selfie. There's already somebody doing it, whether it's my girlfriend or whether it's whoever. So what's the point? Um, mm-hmm. Before I let you go, uh, I want to get, give you a chance to plug your podcast from it. So maybe briefly tell me about your podcast and tell people where they can find you on the web.
0: Sure. So uh, if you want to find more of me on the web, you can go to the storyengine.co.co. And uh, my podcast is the Story Engine Podcast. That's also the name of uh, one of my my best of my best selling books, uh, the Story Engine, which is about an um how to story and then communicate that online through mediums other than social media um, and uh, and use that to grow your business. I also have a new book out called selling with story which is uh it's kind of like the i would see it as the prequel to the story engine where it helps you get clear on your story really quickly and put that into a reliable and scalable system to sell your product and and uh get your message out there um so if you want to find me uh i would love to uh yeah see you on uh, or checking out the podcast or I am on Instagram and on Twitter at Kyle the gray. And you can, so you can find me there and communicate with me there. And um, anytime, like I'm not on Twitter very much, but anytime somebody tweets at me, I'm stoked. And uh, you know, I'm not, I I am my Instagram uh, daily, but uh, also if you want to connect with me there, I'd love to chat.
1: Great. Well, Kyle, thank you so much for doing this. This was great. And before I let you go, I'm going to do my corny thing that makes me happy. I don't know if anyone else likes it, but I often ask my guests to finish these sentences uh, using one or two words, which is the first words that come to mind. Okay. Great. The thing I am most drawn to, or sorry, should I say the trait or characteristic I am most drawn to in the opposite sex is? Hmm.
0: Trying to do something meaningful with your life.
1: Hmm. So purpose. Interesting
0: purpose. Yeah.
1: I've heard women say that I haven't heard a guy say that yet. That's interesting.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's something I'm looking for. I mean, in my, my current partner, um, because we have a similar vision, um, I I guess in contrast to my last few partners where they were beautiful and we got along really well and, and things were great, but, um, I didn't see, you know, our, our long-term lives kind of lining up in the long run. And so uh, that, was, that was a big, big thing I was focused on. Um, but yeah, I'm glad I have that now. That's
1: great. I would most like to be remembered as?
0: I guess, I mean, this is lame, but a, a storyteller would be, would be that or a performer, probably. Hmm. Love is? It's, it's trust and it's letting go.
1: Well put. Thank you very much, Kyle. This was great.
0: Thank you so much for having me, Zachary. It was so much fun catching up with you. And thanks, everybody, for listening.
1: I hope you enjoyed today's episode of Humans in Love. If you'd like to learn more about my guests, my work, or you'd like to listen to back episodes of the podcast, please visit humansinlove.com. If you haven't already, be sure to subscribe to Humans in Love using your podcast app of choice. If you're a fan of Humans in Love, and you'd like to help keep the show going and help me spread the word, please take 30 seconds out of your day to leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or your podcast app of choice. Before I let you go, remember that life is short, so let's make it count. And thank you, as always, for your listenership and support. I'll talk to you again very soon.